welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we watch a K-drama four episodes at a time and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched the final four episodes of My Mister. <laughs> I always wonder if people can tell that we are still so unprofessional and we just start giggling like idiots every time we press record. <laughs> like... <laughs> Laughing at stupid shit that, like, is not funny before we press the record button, and then we hit record, and it's like someone yawns, and we lose our shit. Uh Uh-huh. Why? Raquel was yawning, and my stomach was growling, and we were like, this is the end. This is what's (laughs) gonna make us laugh forever. (laughs) I really thought I was gonna yawn right in the middle of the intro, too, and I was like, oh, we're gonna have to scrap this bad boy. Just scrap it. Start (laughs) over. We got through it, we perfected it, and then we ruined it by talking about it way too much after it had happened. Here we go. My (laughs) mister. We're pulling it together. (laughs) I was so pleasantly delighted and not at all surprised that so many people recommended this and then it turned out to be really, really good. Right. It's like I trusted y'all. I really did. I know sometimes it felt like we were dragging my mister a little bit because it was such a melancholy drama and we were were coming off of like Mystic Pop-Up Bar, which was like a very not melancholy drama. And so it was a very different mood. And yeah, so it's not that we didn't trust you guys. We just felt our feelings and now we feel the feelings that you guys felt because it was such it was so worth the journey that especially that last episode was everything to me they gave me everything i needed honestly yeah did anything happen in the three episodes before the finale i don't know we technically (laughs) watched them do i remember No, because the last episode was what brought it all together. I even clicked on it, and it was like 90 minutes, and I was like, ma'am, I do not have the time. (laughs) Keep it to an hour and 20 like all of your other episodes. And then I was in it. I was fully hooked. I was like, let's keep this episode going forever. That extra 10 minutes was what they needed all along to change (laughs) everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It just felt like... Every episode leading up to the last episode was just them learning, panicking, and realizing, like, learning how to be good people, panicking and being unable to apply the lessons they learned, and just coping with whatever life was throwing at them. And then that last episode, it was like, no, you know what, we've we've learned a lot of lessons along the way, and we're ready to be happy and be good and it was the payoff was chef's kiss masterful (laughs) i think i watched episode 13 and i honestly walked away from it feeling like i had finished the show i was like we're done that was the finale and then we came back and started getting into a lot more of the legal stuff like gian having broken one million laws that i completely Not necessarily forgot about, but just leaned into the K-drama, like, you can get away with anything in a K-drama kind of of vibe that a lot of TV shows have. And I thought it was really well done how they 
introduced all of that in the final three episodes where it wasn't a drag and it wasn't uh, overdone. It wasn't overdramatic, but it was interesting. I'm glad they resolved all of the legal troubles that went on in this drama. Yeah, because it felt very realistic that like, okay, well, you don't just get to like not have consequences, right? And so Mm -hmm. that felt right and very good. And then they kind of paired that with the idea that it was actually really good for Gian to have consequent or to like have those consequences, which is to say it was really good for her to um, resolve everything so that she could live her life finally. And at first you think Mm -hmm. like, oh no, they're going to make her go through a legal battle. Like, can't everyone just forgive and forget? And then it's like, no, because then she still can't live her life. Yeah, it becomes another like thing that's hanging over her head that puts her on the run forever. Especially when it comes to this person she cares so much about. I think they came back to that, that line of... I want to be able to see you again and be able to face you sort of thing. Right. And I, that would have all been ruined if I had just remained on the run from the law. And secretly yeah, recording you forever. Uh-huh. That was a really interesting aspect of the last few episodes where that all started to come to light and even... After she realized that he knew about the recordings, like, she stopped listening, but she didn't disconnect it until he asked her to. And it was, I don't know, it was very uncomfortable because it's people's lives and secrets and just listening to him at every hour of every day. But I thought it was a really interesting aspect of the show where it's sort of like a narration of his life done by him as he's living his life very clever I've never seen anything like it yeah it was almost like his works and his story I also was like listen I know it's so intrusive that she was listening to everything he did and I know that it's not good and very illegal and it wasn't something he wanted or was comfortable with but I was heartbroken for her when she had to delete the app Because it was her comfort, and it was how she came to understand this man when he thought people weren't listening or looking, and how he was still so good, even when no one was around. And it was also just, you could tell that she had grown so attached just to, like, the sound of his footsteps, and, like, it just, him existing in the world was such a comfort to her and like to have that proof like he's still here like he is he's here and then to like like I said I I know big brain Raquel is aware that that's <laughs> it, it's not good and it needed to be deleted so that she could kind of be healthy and like live away from that attachment but also I was just like it would to me it was this is the smallest not really comparable comparison but if someone said you can't revisit your favorite podcasts anymore the things that calm you down or like make you happy or uh 
entertain you when things feel mundane and those those have to go because it's not it's not good for you and it's not good for the the people you're listening to i don't know like i said it's not the best comparison but it would make me so sad (laughs) it's a comfort yeah yeah and i thought it was a really interesting way to get him out of his shell without going the much healthier therapy route but him accepting like she has heard all of my breakdowns all of the secrets and my life essentially falling apart all these things that I am so ashamed of and Gian still has been able to look at me and talk to me as a person through all of those things like she never changed her attitude towards me despite knowing everything that I was thinking and feeling. And that was a theme throughout the show, is that he never shared with anyone what he was thinking or feeling, even his family members. And so I think that helped by the end of the show, him realizing that somebody could care about him, even if they did know his most, his innermost thoughts. I think it helped him start to reach out to the people in his life and make connections with them, which is all we wanted from him the entire time. Just talk to somebody. I mean, it. yeah, it would have been healthier if it was a therapist and not a wiretapper, but, you know, crash landing on you and my mister, <laughs> they got good people behind these wiretaps. Yeah, only, only the best listening in on others' conversations. <laughs> Um, so funny that the good boy wiretapper in Crash Landing on You was the bad guy, the ultimate baddie in this Uh one. Um, but yeah, and also, yeah, him, I mean, this is almost exactly what you said, but just the shame that he carried all the time, it was clearly a release from that. I don't want anyone to know anything about my shame and the things that make me sad about me. And yeah, he could finally be like, actually, not only did she accept him and treat him well after knowing those things but she actually used the wiretap to help him so often she's the best person <laughs> like she's a shit but she's got the very lucky. best person mm-hmm. and i love that he saw that i'm glad that both of them were really able to accept each other's flaws and that he especially being the victim of this crime was able to be like actually you know the the benefits outweighed the the real <laughs> illegal and awful parts of you listening in on my life i'll walk away from this thanking you and saying that you've helped me out a lot yeah that's maturity that I don't think I could have for maybe years. Right? Also, Yoon Hui. Holy cow, at the end there, with the coming through, and even though Jian was 100% honest with her about I honestly kind of hated you, and I was definitely jealous of you, I'm in love with your husband, but what he wanted was for you to get out of that really messed up affair that you were having and Mm -hmm. even after being faced with that and being faced with everything Jian did I think that you I feel like Yunhui 
I don't know. Her arc was very interesting to me because she was so humbled by her shame that she was ready. It wasn't like, a, I'm going to hold this against other people for knowing it. It was, I'm actually going to make things right, whatever it takes. And yeah. she ended up being a character I did not expect to love as much as I did. I think I'm still in a gray area with her, but I appreciate, I think humbled is a good word. I appreciate how humbled she was, especially in terms of her relationship with Dong Hoon's family, where I think that was a very large point of stress for her, is how close he was to his family, and I assume, in turn, how not close she was with them, how she felt pretty left out from that group and to see how much she communicated with the brothers towards the end and how she was talked to by the mom who was finally able to be like it wasn't actually a bad thing that you were earning more than my son I just felt bad about it and that's why I wasn't able to communicate in a healthy way because I felt such shame about you being more successful than my kid. But I'm sorry that I maybe... I mean, she didn't say all this. Hopefully Yunhui heard it. Yeah. That like, <laughs> that, like, sorry, I was such a monster to you and didn't celebrate any of your successes because I was a little bit jealous. Yeah, that was a really good moment, and it definitely felt like one of those... I mean, that entire scene where they all got together to celebrate his promotion felt like one long, really high-context conversation. They would say things that, if you took them at face value, didn't necessarily make sense in English, but it was such a meaningful scene. Stuff like, um, uh, his monk name is Monk... Duk, I think. Yeah, he has a different name in Dong Hoon's phone. Yeah. That, I didn't know that was his monk name. I thought it was like just a code name to make sure Jung Hoon <laughs> never saw when he called. Maybe. Maybe I I don't know if monks get like their own name. He's just credited or like the character is credited as uh, Monk Gyeom Duk on Asian Wiki, which is like my cheat sheet, so I hate when people have what? two names. Yeah, they never explained like where that name came from. It, I think the only time we saw it was in Dong Hoon's phone. Yeah, okay, well dang. Um, you know, maybe that's not his name. Who's to say? Uh, <laughs> maybe that was literally just his code name. <laughs> But uh, Asian Wiki doesn't know when they talk about um, wanting him to be a memory. Like if you take that at face value, it kind of sounds like he's dead in English. But it's no, we want to remember like our time with our friend, and we want him to be a good thing just because he's not around and he picked a lifestyle that specifically he isn't able to be near us or with us all the time. We still want him to be part of us, and it sucks that he can't be. Um, I still totally felt for Jung Hui. Yeah, I was so glad there was a lot of closure with that storyline. And you know my dumb heart rewriting the ending, thinking that he was going to abandon his monkhood and come live with her. But <laughs> I'm really glad they didn't give us that. It would have felt... Like fan service. Yeah. 
Like, not right for his character. Especially because his character was freaking teaching me life lessons left and right. And if he had then been like, and now I abandon my posts as the life lesson man, I would have been like, okay, but do I listen to what you taught me? Because they all felt pretty good. Yeah, but now you feel like just a regular man. <laughs> so get back up on your high horse, sir, so I can listen to I you. I need guidance from you specifically. <laughs> He's like, no, I'll, I'll be up the mountain. Don't worry. I just, maybe we'll have some more closure with my ex-girlfriend. And give her the clo closure she needs as well. But yeah, uh, that the whole scene at the bar when they're celebrating is kind of like that though, right? Where they're just having these kind of drunk conversations. So they're not being very... <sighs> I don't want to say they're incoherent, because you know the meaning, but it's, I don't know, it's a very special mm. scene, but it totally starts off with the grandma, sorry, the mom, Dong Hoon's mom, was, <laughs> man, I don't know, now my brain is tired, I wish I was drunk, so that any of this could just <laughs> be explained away. <laughs> Both are just so tired. We're working through we're this. We're working through this. We're getting there. We're, I think we're getting. We're digging too deep into the show. <laughs> That's our problem. This is going to be a real hot take of an episode. <laughs> um. Yeah. Here we go. What fun. Yeah. I will be forever the most grateful. Forever, ever, that they gave a friendship between Jian and. Junghui. That is my favorite thing. What an unexpected joy. Uh, Junghui and Jian both needed that. And I feel like it's, it's, I don't know, it's weirdly feels more right than Junghui and Yura's relationship, which I think they teased at. They were like, maybe this will be something. Just Simply based on the fact that Yura is like the only woman who comes to the bar frequently. But I never really fell in love with the character of Yura. So I appreciated Jian stepping in and being like, how about me instead? What if we were roommates and you adored me and then we became family and we visited each other on holidays? Deal. I love it's that. It's so good. <laughs> I... Yeah, so some thoughts on Yura. Let's cut her storyline from the yeah, show. Yeah, I just was never interested. I couldn't have been more relieved when she and Kiyun broke up. I was sad for him, obviously. And sad for her, I guess. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> it was clearly not working. And it wasn't going to work. Because... I think that he was right. The way she talked about him being a cleaner, being temporary, when he was kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'll write again, or maybe, and maybe I'll direct again, but I'm not going to talk about it as if it's going to happen. I'm not even going to talk about it as if it's maybe going to happen. I'm going to do what is solid for me right now, and I don't, if you're ashamed of it, GTFO. Yeah! I think that was the nail in the coffin for me of, okay, I've decided they need to break up. Where up until then, they had kind of hinted at maybe she's not okay with his career. And 
I think with that being so gray, I was like, okay, so maybe she'll come to terms with it and be a real person who's like, someone's not defined by their job. He can be defined by how he provides for his family and how we're in a happy, loving relationship and all of these other great things about him, which can she list any great things about him? They have a terrible relationship. I don't know if she can, but (laughs) either way, I was like, maybe, maybe they can work until the funeral when, I mean, even Dong Hoon let me down so much in that moment by not just being like, oh, my brother's on a cleaning service. They are the owners, proud owners of a cleaning service. They do a great job. I'm proud of both of them. They're living their lives. I'm so happy. He made it awkward. And then the girlfriend is like, I'm also very uncomfortable with what you do for a living. I'm waiting for it to end. And freaking Gihoon's over here like, hey, guys, what are we doing? Why are we bashing me? Honestly, are you really going to do this? Yeah, I was so on his side there. I I also was willing to explain away Dong Hoon's reaction based on it being before Kihoon's reaction, uh, wherein I was like, well, maybe he just doesn't know exactly where Kihoon is with, with the information. Like, maybe he's still not comfortable sharing it with everyone. I don't know. I mean... We could talk about how earlier in the drama they were like, why haven't you told your wife? Are you ashamed of us? Don't be ashamed of us. We're happy doing this. But we'll sweep that under the rug of them being really unpredictable. I never know how they're going to react in any given situation. So, I yeah. I, I he's being considerate. Right, yeah. And then after Kyun was like, why aren't you saying it? you can say it. I'm a cleaner. Like, it's fine. So after he made it clear, I am, I'm perfectly happy with expressing what I do for a living to other people. Then she chimed in and was like, it's temporary. Don't worry. (laughs) What? What? Oh, I just remembered. How, how do people know her? I think that happened the first time she showed up at the bar, and then it happened again at the funeral with one of the managers, where people are like, oh, is that Cheyura? And I was like, wasn't she in, like, one failed movie, and then she didn't act for the next 20 years? I think that they called her a rising star when they first... Because, like, it talks about when she was cast as Kihun's as, like, the star in his film. Uh, it was... Okay supposed to be exciting for him as well because she was one of the like up and coming names and i also think she's been doing modeling and so oh. people know about her and i think she's been out of work for like 3 or 4 years or something okay i think to me that felt like you know the moment in a lot of k dramas where something goes up on the internet and then every single person across seoul pulls out their cell phone at the exact moment and looks at the same thing whether it's a news article or a comic <laughs> i that felt like that where everybody's like oh, isn't that that actress and i was like am i the only one who's bad with names and would be like i swear i've seen that girl oh yeah she was in that movie I don't know what her name is or anything about her. I wouldn't be able to be like, oh, that's Chiyura. <laughs> but everyone who saw her said that. And I was like, 
Is she more famous than I thought? I guess, yeah. It is one of those things where it didn't seem like she was the biggest actress in all the K-dramas, but they kind of wanted her to be for, I don't know, the recognition portion of the show. I guess maybe she was like a child child actress, like you said, a rising star, and then had her downfall. But yeah, I was like, her whole storyline is that she hasn't been able to act since she met Gi-hoon, so wouldn't people not really recognize her? Color me wrong. <laughs> Everyone recognizes her. All of them. All the time. Um, also, she was clearly making Gian very uncomfortable by being like, we'll be sisters, you can have my clothes. And Gian was like, I don't need your fucking clothes. <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable because I, I feel like the difference between Yuda and Jung-hui's caring for people is so subtle but so vastly different and you never want to fall on the Yura side. Right, because the Yura side was very ignorant of how she was making people feel versus you could tell that Jung-hui could tell that Jian was uncomfortable um, and so she was just, you know, there and encouraging and not pushing past the uncomfortable silences like if there was a silence she let the silence happen if there was a silence you were always like hey um i'll bring those clothes next time <laughs> jan was like stop i like my clothes i'm fine thank you oh but i can just imagine jung hui saying almost the same thing about like you're really beautiful and i don't think you know it like you're one of those people who's naturally just gorgeous and I hope you never figure it out but the way Jonghui would say it would be so eloquent and tactful and the way Yura said it was so grating and I was like oh I just I just fear for myself I fear for myself for falling on the Yura side of the spectrum someday I think we all do sometimes we all put our feet in our mouth but Yura does it consistently. That was her entire character. Yeah, so if they just kind of... That storyline was fine. I was glad for it when Kyun got back into writing. Like it was something he was... Mm. Like he was ready to write about his neighborhood and his crazy loved ones. And I was like, okay, that feels good. I'm glad that he went through this arc, if only to get to this point where he's creating again. Whether or not he pursues that further, I'm also glad they kind of left up in the air. It wasn't like, and then he produces the movie, and it's great, and everything's fine. <laughs> I'm glad that they were just like, it's enough that he's creating again. That's good for his ending. Mm -hmm. He might just write one chapter of this and never come back to it. Dope. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I have pretty lukewarm feelings towards Gihun as a whole person. Yeah, I feel that. Simply because he's a, a sort of more aggressive and a little more cold-hearted out of the three of them. Yeah, I get really frustrated with people um, telling other people how they should feel about things that happened to them. 
And that he was big on that with finding <laughs> out that Yoon Hui cheated on Dong Hoon and him being the one that loses it. And I get that he was just feeling very protective over his brother. It was just hard for me because I agreed with Dong Hoon that it wasn't fair for Ki Hoon to get to be more mad than him or dictate how Dong Hoon should feel about it. I also don't think it's great that Dong Hoon represses his feelings so hard, but he was working on that. <laughs> that was being worked on. <laughs> Either way, it's something that happened in his marriage, and it felt like, at least for the time being, it would have been nice if it could have stayed between Dong Hoon and his wife, and it was hard. I mean, it's just an aspect of the K-drama. We needed to get the show moving along without too many time jumps. But it was hard to see that the family pretty quickly finds out and then his office pretty quickly finds out. Although I think that was more on his terms. It was like, I don't know if you guys are dealing with, I don't know if this couple has dealt with their, their own trauma enough to the point that I'm comfortable with everybody else in the drama deciding how they're feeling about it. Yep. Uh, they've got a lot they've still got to sift through. And I, it looks like a lot of that's going to be off camera. And we could make this off camera as well. Uh-huh. But I think also I'm just a sucker. And it was a lot easier and a lot more touching to watch Sanghoon deal with the same things. Where he's like, my immediate instinct is to apologize to Yunhui for making her feel so alienated in our family that she felt like she had to cheat. I was like, yeah, bud, that's really nice. That's so much nicer than Gihun's reaction. I think they're both valid reactions. Everyone can react to things the way they want to. But I'm more in Sanghun's court because, like you said, I think Yunhui started to grow on us in the last four episodes. And I was like, I like that someone's on her side, genuinely. Yeah, like, is coming at it from a place of understanding instead of judgment, and is kind of just quietly taking it all in, was the way that I feel like you should react when you find out someone is having problems in their relationship. You react quietly, you are supportive of whoever needs supporting, and you... Let them deal with it. You don't have to like him, but he did. So he's a better person than me, even, probably. Not, I mean, that's saying something. I'm the best person. That is not true. I, okay. So I want to talk about the funeral now, so that it's not the last thing we talk about. And then maybe we can talk about, like, Dang. the epilogue. Okay. Um, that's fair. Or, or whatever else we need. But uh, the funeral was heavy, but also some of the most beautiful work I've seen done in scenes of grieving. And boy, howdy, did I... I was holding it together in this K-drama up until literally even when it you realize that um, Lee bong has died. I was holding it together okay. I was sad. And then Jian starts signing to her. <gasps> That's what I broke! Oh my god, because she walks into the morgue and, like, Gian's falling apart, but you're kind of like, it's okay, bud. Grandparents pass away. This is obviously terribly sad, 
but we've been there. It's a natural part of life. And then she brings out the sign language and you're like, okay, we're done. My emotions are all yours. Here you are, Gian. They are, they are yours to have. I am also uncontrollably sobbing, Gian. Can, can I hug you? Can I hold you? Do you want a hug? <laughs> ah, and then you don't stop crying for like 30 minutes. Yeah, it just keeps going. And when you think that they're, that you're about to like shore up and finally get out of the water of your own emotions, you're wrong because then freaking Songhoon has to do something incredible, prepare an extravagant funeral just so that uh, Jian doesn't have to face her grandma's funeral practically alone. Because that was Songhoon's worst fear. Throughout the whole drama, he talks so many times about his mom's funeral being empty, and he sees someone else going through that, and he sees a way that he can help. Songhoon, you got my whole heart now. Oh my god. You cry again, and then you see all these drunken boys playing soccer at the funeral, and Jian being part of like this weird, beautiful family for once. And it's, oh. And then when Songhoon was like, don't take this away from me. Don't try and pay me back. That was the best day of my life. And everyone's like, bud. Real awkward thing to say. And And then then like, no, this was the best day of my life as well. And then they all run to the bus together. You're like, the tears, I don't know at what point they turned from sad to happy tears, but I have not stopped crying. Uh, oh, also, when she puts her forehead against her grandmother's urn. Okay, ow. <laughs> you have pained me. Good, good job, writers. And <laughs> and you too, Gian. You're working together in tandem in a way that is wrecking me. <laughs> I won't recover from this ending. It was everything. It was. And the fact that it followed, like one of her last lengthy visits where her grandma seemed to be doing so well as well. Like, she finally got to go before she had to kind of face the music on all the illegal stuff she did. All the crime. And (laughs) she gets to have that, that conversation out in, like, the beautiful sunshine with her grandma about her grandma just being, like, the best way to pay out or pay people back for... Uh, their kindness is to live a happy life because that's what they'd want to see um, in return. Like, they're they're not doing it to be paid back. They're doing it so that you can live happily and aren't relationships beautiful? And... Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, Grandma, just sum up the show like that. Thanks. It... This was the epitome of a slow burn K-drama, and I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, that everything about it felt like such a downer the entire time. Yeah. Just kind of a, a low-key bummer throughout the entirety until the very end, and they're like, no, 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 here's your payoff. Every single storyline that we've introduced in the smallest of ways coming together beautifully. Including 
up to and including freaking Guang Il? The Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm sorry I wanted you dead, I suppose. Mm. I still don't like him at all. I think he's a <laughs> creep and a skis, but I loved how they tied him back in the way they did where it was like episode 13 where they sh- or maybe 14 where they showed the flashback of him being so kind to Gion and I think it was 15. Was they it saved 15? it to the very end. Dang. And then 16 they have him finally kind of after listening to those recordings be like yeah we've been i'm gonna do a good boy thing yeah like we've been torturing each other but at one point we cared for each other what okay am i supposed to root for you now because i won't but dang i want to a perfect ending for him because i think yeah throughout the entire drama we were like either he dies or he goes to prison. Those are the only things we will be satisfied with. And then right at the end, of course, they sucker punch us in the emotions. You remember how he was raised by a loan shark who was not a good person? So maybe it's not entirely his fault that he's not quite right in the head? And maybe he's yeah. just doing his last thing he'll do is kind of his last good turn and from there he'll have to figure out the rest of his life but he's done a good turn he was the, the linchpin of his character in like her whole case uh-huh and that is his finale in this show that is what we are giving him before he goodbyes forever you can't leave me with that good note for this terrible person <laughs> What? I love him now. Dang it. Yeah, it was... And I feel so sad for him. I was so proud of that action. Um, I hope that he stops being a loan shark, but we'll see. I find it doubtful. <laughs> it's hard. It's... Yeah. I think in that way, I thought in the build-up that he was going to take the money from Dojin Young and stop being a loan shark because that's so much money and that would have not been satisfying at all obviously but at the you know the tiniest of silver linings at least we would have known he didn't have to be a loan shark anymore whereas now it's like i don't think he's quite moral enough to be like i would like to be poor now regular people (laughs) poor i think he's like i have to make money and Loan shark is how I do it. So I did a good deed, and now I shall go back to the life that I have built. That makes me sad, but... Maybe he'll pull it together, but honestly, I guess, like, maybe that's just... He still has a lot of, like, shit he pulled that he has to pay for, so maybe not the happiest ending for him is just okay. Yeah. It's just what he deserves. Um, I guess I'm fine with it. Chairman Zhang was a surprisingly good and less clueless person than I expected, because he was like, oh yeah, I knew about the affair since you showed up at the campsite. Right? Okay. I love a not clueless old man character. Yeah. Yeah, he came in at the last second with that knowledge. And, I mean, he had a good excuse. But also, he was kind of the hero of... Gian in a lot of ways, because he gave her the second chance at a new life that she needed. 
which was really important and beautiful, and I was so excited about that as well. He was the unsung hero of this show in a few ways, <laughs> and I like that. I like that there was this very rich, very powerful person who is not involved in all of this stupid political like crime that everybody's interested in. He's like, I'm above all that. I'm watching it very closely. I don't know everything that's happening, obviously. But I'm just a... He just seemed like a good person that was trying to look out for his company before he died. Yeah, that he built from the ground up. I like that. I appreciate that. It was a good... uh, He had a very good, interesting, and mostly unseen arc that I was really appreciative of. Where it was like, oh, no, he actually experienced things and did things and knew things and learned things and then saved the day. I'm here for it. I don't need that. He didn't need more screen time. He Mm -hmm. had the perfect amount. But I'm here for his role in this show. Makes me wonder how the thank you for everything you've done for me and for my um, young counterpart, but sir, I quit from Dong Hoon before Dong Hoon ran off to start his own business. <laughs> How'd that go? How was that conversation? How was that? I mean, I guess it was his second time quitting. Yeah, he, he was trying to get out of there for a while, but I think he really liked Chairman Jong. I think he also, I was so happy that he started his own business. I didn't, when we were getting pretty close to the end, I was like, oh no, he could be pretty happy at his current job, it kind of looks like. He gets to uh-huh. work with the design team again, which is kind of his dream. And he gets along well with the guy who lost out to him, which is like a unique dynamic that I was appreciative of. And um, it seemed like he was in agreement with most of his peers by the end of everything. So I was like, oh, actually, like that's okay. That's pretty satisfying. And then they showed him in his workplace with his team and just like how vibrant he was and I was like okay yeah I did need this this is so much better I didn't really expect it but I needed it I needed them to exist in an office without that one woman sorry homegirl you were the entire problem of the show you she kind of was a huge problem in that like She didn't do anything directly bad, but she kind of wanted to or tried to. She was just, like, so deeply flawed that even Gian was like, don't even play. Like, you're nothing to me. (laughs) You are not a player in this game. You're not worth my time. But please stop buzzing in my ear. I get that. I get that, Gian. She was the worst. Oh, but anyways... Dong-hoon got his own little company. I think, yeah, it was nice to see that he ended in a role that was the job that he wanted. That Obviously, he's the CEO, but it also seemed like he's still a structural engineer, whereas all these promotions led him to be this managing director, which we talked about earlier in our podcast. We didn't... It's hard to tell what they did. <laughs> But maybe a lot of it was just political stuff and not actual, or at least not structural engineering work. Like right. They had other things to do. Which even in his interview, he was like, 
I am a structural engineer. I am not the politics guy. You are all forcing me to be the politics guy. I hate it. I am a structural engineer. I don't make political choices. Uh-huh. So it was good that he got his got his job back on his terms. He got to be what he's good at and do what he enjoys doing while also having a lot of power and a nice paycheck. Good man. With all of the good boys that love him that would just go eat in his office because he was such a good boss that they were like, hey, we miss you. <laughs> we just want to hang out. Thanks. <laughs> Adorable. So wholesome. <laughs> oh, I have so much more to say, but it's like bonus episode stuff. I'm stoked for this bonus episode. I know. I think it's going to be a good one because there's so much to talk about. For sure, I actually had to stop myself from Googling interviews with the cast because I was like, save that until the bonus. But I'm so intrigued to see how these people I don't know, worked together and what they thought of their characters and everything. I hope that there's some good, good interviews out there. Not just the promo interviews, Mm -hmm. but the kind of deeper ones. We'll see. I'm sure there are. It's that kind of show. Yeah, but even just all the pictures at the end. One of them was Dong Hoon. I don't know the actors' names yet. I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll study up for the bonus episode. But in that scene in the parking lot where he punches the crap out of Dojun Young. It's like them just hugging and smiling probably right before or after shooting that scene. I was like, (laughs) that is a precious photograph. It was so cute. (laughs) So cute. And I can't wait to dive into that part of the show, the real people behind the show who are hopefully a bunch of sweethearts who do not manipulate each other. Yeah, I can only imagine. They seem... I love every single one of them. They did a great job. If you have any fun facts you want to throw at us for the bonus episode, you can email them to playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we're also on social media, so you can give us a hey there. We're at playonkpodcast on Instagram and at playonk on Twitter. If you want to leave comments directly on our episodes, you can do that at playonk.com. And there you can also find all of our past episodes, links to our affiliates, Blueberry Podcast Hosting, and NordVPN, as well as a link to our Patreon. Yeah, and then we also are on a bunch of different streaming platforms, wherever you find podcasts like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, um, Blueberry. Again, I'm not sure if you can rate or review there, but check it out. See if you can rate or review on any of those because it really helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us and it helps us out a lot and we love you for it. <laughs> if you want to support our podcast directly, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash playonk and there you can get bonus content as well as just telling us that, that you appreciate what we're doing and help support us continuing this podcast potentially probably forever. <laughs> uh, I would love to. I'm ready to just continue doing this forever. So, yeah. Uh, join us next week for our bonus episode of My Mister. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.